Yes. Let's see here. Let's go. First of all, let's pray. We're going to pray first. Father, we love you and praise you, and we thank you for this season. Father, we thank you, Lord, for what this season represents, what this season means. And Lord, as we're navigating life and navigating the, the different circumstances that we're presented with, Father, I just ask you this morning to help us to remember the reason for the season. Help us, Father God, to remember why we, why we celebrate, why we worship, why we take time to, 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 to spend with family, why we take time to, to uh, just, just to fellowship with others of like faith. Father God, that during this time, during this Christmas season, Lord, that we're just reminded of the blessing that came in the form of a baby. And, and, and we just thank you so much for that. For, Lord, I just lift up each person that's here this morning. I thank you, Father God, that you give us ears to hear, that, Father God, that our faith is stirred this morning, that, Father, you desire for us to be men and women of faith. You desire, Father God, for us to be ones that, that, are, that are bold about what we believe. And, that, Father God, that we're bold when we come to you, that, Lord, that, that we're not ashamed. And we're not afraid, Lord. And we'll see this morning how your word works in our lives. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So it is, everybody does know, is we're a week away from Christmas, right? We're a week away from Christmas. Aren't we excited? Everybody's excited. And hopefully you've got all your Christmas shopping almost done. Uh, we went yesterday downtown to uh, downtown Greenville. And because we'd heard about the, the Christmas market, that's, uh, that is that is sprung up next to the Bohemian Motel or hotel or what uh, the lodge, whatever it is. And uh, when we got there, it was a little underwhelming. I hope anybody that's worked worked it or knows about it understands what I'm saying. There there wasn't a lot going on there, but uh, it was it's uh, you know downtown Greenville is beautiful and uh, they definitely have it decorated it up. But something I was thinking about is that during. Uh, the last few years, we've been presented with so many, uh, you know, circumstances. We've been presented with trials. We've been presented with opportunities to, to draw away or to pull away from what God is wanting to do in these last days. You know, we talk about that. We talk about how these are the last days, that we're living in them. And the majority of Christians in America do believe that. The, I can't remember the exact number, but the majority of Christians in America believe these are the last days and that we will be seeing Jesus come not as a baby, but as a victor, as, 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 as a victorious Savior that, that's coming to take us home. And so that is something to look forward to and to be excited about. But one of the things that I, had, uh, I came across is that, for those of you that don't know, there's, there's a couple of companies that do research Barna the Barna group and then the Pew research they both they both take a take a pulse of of America or they try to understand where America is in their thinking and in their they they do all these polls and things like that and in 2007 how many of you believe that let's before i say 2007 how many of you believe in his, in this room that Jesus was born of a virgin just raise your hands you don't believe it it's okay it's all right we'll, we'll talk to you after the service but so the the, the majority that's everybody in here has raised their hands and they say yes we believe that jesus was born of a virgin in 2007 the number of christians that believe that was 75 percent so 75 percent of all christians believe that jesus was born of a virgin now that's it sounds like a uh, 
when you think about being born of a virgin, you're like, well, how, how in the world can this happen? How, how can this be? How, how could something like that take place? And uh, we, we know, as, we'll, as we're going to dive into Mary's story here in a few minutes, we know that, that she was presented with a couple of questions and then a couple of comments that would help not just her, but to help us also when it comes to how the Word of God can work in our lives. And in December 25th in uh, 2013, so six years later, the Pew Research Company uh, sent out another, another they, they did another tally, and they said the number went from 75% to 73%. So you're starting to see people uh, start to back off truly believing in the virgin birth. In 2017, it was down to 66%. 66%. And they said that uh, the generation, generation X, or not Generation X, but the one after, the millennials, are the, the ones that they're starting to see this, this tide start to turn of, yeah, that's kind of impossible. I don't believe it. But as Christians, it is the cornerstone of our faith. It is the cornerstone of what we believe. Because if Jesus wasn't born of a virgin, then he couldn't be who the Bible says that he is. If Jesus wasn't born of a virgin, he couldn't uh, take on what, what the Bible says that he took on, taking on the sin of the world, because that means he would have been born of a corruptible seed. And the Bible tells us that he was actually born of an incorruptible seed. And so as we think about this, we think about how America especially is, is beginning to, to kind of turn away from being a Christian nation. That's, that is happening. You're, you're seeing less and less people make Christianity a part of their lives and a part of, a part of their foundation. And what we wanna do, we, we wanna help you, help the ones that you come in contact with to make sure that that still happens. We still celebrate Christmas like crazy in America. We spend millions and millions of dollars on decorations. We spend so much money on presents. We send, spend so much money on food that it's amazing how we can celebrate something so wholeheartedly, but then have a hard time truly believing why we actually celebrate it. And sometimes we don't even believe that's why we celebrate it. We just do it because, well, that's just what we've always done. But there are some positive things to how we celebrate, to how America celebrates Christmas. Uh, it, one of the things that it does is it shows our roots as a Christian nation. That, that we see that, people, people understand that. And, and the, the Christians that are bold about their faith, they, you know, do you remember a few years back, people would say, don't take the Christ out of Christmas, you know, and the, the whole Xmas thing was going on, things like that. Well, that took some boldness of some believers to make sure that that, that part of our, of, our, of our vernacular, of our vocabulary didn't lose what God had given to it. And so as Christians are always good at standing up for what we believe in, and that is that our nation is, was founded and, and, and became, was born as a Christian nation. Some of the greatest Christian songs ever written are played during this time. You know, we just sang uh, Joy to the World. We sing Silent Night. We sing, you know, and everybody knows these songs. You can't go anywhere and people not understand, well, there's, we're singing a song and we're singing a song about a baby in a manger. We see nativity scenes all over the place. We saw uh, just driving around yesterday, a lot of churches had, the, had them out and had setups for live, not live nativity scenes. And so it's constantly, is, is an opportunity to point people back to 
the baby in a manger. People talk about the love of God. People talk about God sending his son. Uh, we were reminded of values that are ignored throughout the year. We're, we're reminded that we're supposed to be givers, that we're supposed to be kind, we're supposed to be charitable, that we're supposed to be, uh, make sure that we're showing love to other people. Families attempt to get along during this time. That's a good thing, right? They, they do, they try. Even houses divided, you know, they, 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 they attempt to get along and they, they attempt to, to see each other and to, to spend time together. Uh, we do see that God's love for man is clearly displayed and that places like the White House have beautiful concerts where they're, where they're singing the praises of God, whether they intend to or not, whether they mean it or not. It's still the praises of God are going forth in our nation's capital in the White House. People actually make an effort to go to church. But most importantly, I think that the, what Christmas does how we celebrate Christmas is that it gives us an opportunity to share our faith. And we've been talking about that the last few weeks about what our vision as True North Church is and that we wanna help people find, find Jesus, find their purpose. We wanna help them follow that path that God has given them for their life. We wanna help them finish their course with joy. Those are the things that we can actually be bolder, more bold about because we're celebrating Jesus. We're celebrating Christmas during this season. But what I don't want you to do is to get totally caught up in the truth of baby Jesus. Jesus had to come as a baby. Can I get an amen? He had, he had to, 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 to take on a form just like we do in order for this, this redemption, this redemptive process to take place. That because Jesus took on the form of a human, that now we can give ourselves to him because we're humans and he can give, ourse- give himself to us. We have to really remember, remind ourselves what happened 2000, year, 2000 years ago and how it applies to us today. Go to John chapter one. Go to John chapter one. What I want you to get and what I want you to, to remember, what I want you to think about this morning is that even with Jesus's birth, that the word of God was used the word of God was used even with Jesus' birth, that Jesus was born of a virgin because the Bible says that he was, that Jesus, that Jesus was born, that his, his parents had not, had not wedded. They were engaged, but they weren't wedded yet because the Bible tells us that's how, that's how it happened and that's, that's how it went. That's, how it, that's, that's what we can believe in. Everything about Mary's virgin birth went along with the laws of reproduction except for one thing, that God used his word, everybody say his word, to plant the seed instead of using the seed of man to conceive to, to, for, for Jesus to take place, to take form inside of Mary's womb. That the word was used to conceive. I want to read uh, John chapter 1 verse 14 out of the, out of the Passion Translation. Praise the Lord. If y'all were a wild church, you'd be um, going at it right now. Woo woo. They're not a wild church there. It's all right. All right. So we're gonna go to John chapter one and I'm in the, I'm in the Passion Translation. I'm sorry, I don't have this pulled up. 
but I liked how um, the gentleman that, 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 that wrote this version of the Bible, it is a paraphrase. Pastor Jennifer was talking about last week that is a, it's a, it's a, it, is a, it is a translation, but it's a paraphrase because it's not word for word, that it's general thoughts and ideas of what is there. In John chapter one, verse one, it says, in the beginning, and what I love about this is because we always think about, or I've, I've always, I always think about, or as I was raised reading this scripture, I always read it as in the beginning, the word. In the beginning, the word. And it's a capital W for, the, for word. And what that means is that, it's a, that it, it's, a, it's a holy word. The word there is a holy word. That the word, word there holds some weight, holds some magnificence, holds some glory, holds some awesomeness, holds, holds life, holds everything that we could possibly have. And in the Passion Translation, he actually takes how the, this word, word is called is logos it's the greek word for logos and it's one of the definitions for that is the living expression the living expression that the word the logos is the living expression of god now we believe that god is three in one uh, i don't i was i was gonna uh, print this up so i could sing it to you but i believe in god the father almighty maker of heaven and earth and Jesus Christ is only begotten, that there's three in one, that Jesus is God the Father, he's God the Son, and then he's God the Holy Ghost. Well, God the Son is the word or the living expression. And the Bible tells us in John chapter one, in the beginning, the living expression was already there. And the living expression was with God, yet fully God. And I, I love thinking about this because, you know, when you talk, you're expressing yourself. When you say things, when you, when you make comments about things, you know, sometimes I get in trouble and I'll make a comment about something and it doesn't come off right. Well, I just expressed a, neg- you know, a negative comment or, a ne- or, a, or maybe a negative attitude that might be, on, it might be on the inside of me. Believe it or not, I can do that, right? But what the Bible is telling us here is that Jesus, the word, is the living expression of God. And if you take that into what he's telling us there, if you take that and you say, okay, everything about Jesus is God expressing himself, that if you really wanna know who God is, you've just gotta get, just figure out who Jesus is. Walk, walk along with Jesus, be a partaker of what Jesus said and what Jesus did. It says, the living expression was with God, yet fully God. They were together face to face in the very beginning and through his creative inspiration, this living expression made all things for nothing has existence apart from him. That is awesome. When you, when you truly think about that, when you go back and you read this and you just let it sink in that they were together, who was together? God the Father. God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, they were together face to face. When were they together? In the very beginning. In the very beginning, Jesus never existed without God. And God never existed without Jesus. That's pretty amazing. That's pretty awesome. But he says here, in the, begin, in the very beginning, and through his creative inspiration, this living expression 
made all things for nothing has existence apart from him. Verse four says a fountain of life was in him for his life is light for all humanity. When you think about Jesus and you think about what Christmas is, Christmas is is such a, a, a life giving or a life breathing time. Why do we go back and why do we go and, and, and spend time with our family? Because we're trying to bring life back into those relationships that we have with them. Why do we have a, 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 an evergreen as, a, as the major symbol covered in lights? Because it is, it's something that never turns brown. It's, it, it, year after year after year, if, if it's healthy and it's, got, it's, it's, and it's in good soil, or if it's fake, it will never turn brown. It will always be green. It'll always be alive. And that's what Jesus, Jesus is that. He is that life. It says a fountain of life was in him. Nothing existed without Jesus. Everything that we see exists because of Jesus, because of that life, because because of the word that was spoken. This light never fails to shine through darkness. Oh, if we would just, if we would grasp a hold of that, then we would know that any time a, a, a dark time comes, whether it's, uh, you know, we're, we've been presented with a, a negative report, we've been presented with something that's, that, you know, we weren't expecting it, or, you know, a situation has happened and we're like, I don't see God in it. Listen, those situations cannot put out the light of Jesus Christ that's on the inside of you. But that's because it's the word of God, because that is, that is the expression. It is the living expression of God. It says, and let's drop down to verse. Verse number 10, or I'm sorry, verse number nine. It says, for the perfect light of truth was coming into the world and shined upon everyone. He entered into the world he created, yet the world was unaware. That's a, that's, I mean, this whole, John chapter one is just, it's mind blowing when you think about how Jesus walked in, he stepped into this place, he stepped into this time and he was here when it was created. He's the one that spoke it into existence. When we look at Genesis chapter one in the seven days of creation, the Bible tells us that God said, God said, God said, God said, well, that was, since the word is what was said, that means that Jesus was, was the, 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 the driving force behind everything that you see on the earth today. But yet he had to come into this world. He had to, to, to take part of this world and, and belong in this world so that, so that he could pull us out of the darkness and out of the death, out of the trap, out of, out of, out of what, what God doesn't want for us to put us into the place where he does want us. It says in verse 11, he came to the people he created, to those who should have received him, but they did not recognize him. But those who embraced him and took hold of his name, he gave authority to become the children of God. He was not born by the joining of human parents or from natural means or by a man's desire, but he was born of God. And so the living expression became a man and lived among us. We gazed upon his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, overflowing with tender mercy and truth. When you think about the reason for the season, yeah, it's, it is the Savior was born, 
But it was the word of life coming to live among us. It was the, 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 the expression, the expression of God, the living expression of God coming to live on the inside of us. Um, this, this word, the word logos, it denotes an essential word of God, Jesus Christ, the personal power in union with God, his minister in creation and government of the universe, the cause of all the world's life, both physical and ethical, which for the procurement of man's salvation put on human nature in the person of Jesus the Messiah, the second person in the Godhead, and shone forth conspicuously from his words and deeds. That's a lot there to, to, to say, but it's the word of God, Jesus Christ, is the personal power in union with God. It is the power of God. Jesus Christ is the power of God. This word logos was first used around 600 BC by a Greek philosopher named Heracletus. And the reason he came up with this word is because he was trying to describe the designate, to designate the divine reason or plan which coordinates a changing universe. That this, the, the spoken word, the logos, actually changes things. Can I get an amen? The logos, the word of God, actually changes things. And I've, I've, I know I've shared this before. I'd, I'd heard a minister say one time, you know, that if, if, if we're in here and it's Sunday and Jesus walked in the room and he said, everybody, it's Wednesday, do you know how quickly it would become Wednesday? Just like that. Because the word of God changes things. The word of God, and that's the whole point of it. It changed the, the darkness into light. It made the, it made the seas uh, draw back so that land could appear. The word of God, it, it caused the, the, the birds of the air to, to fly and the fish to, to, to swim in the ocean. It caused the, 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 the deer, the, the, all the animals to, to roam the earth. And then it, then, it, then it created us. The word of God, it changes things. And when the word of God became flesh and dwelt among us, there was a change that happened that night. That we truly saw a miracle that the word of God could become flesh, that the word of God could take, could take on the form to form us as a human. Another definition of logos is a word uttered by a living voice that embodies a conception or an idea. Logos, logos is a word uttered by a living voice that embodies a conception or idea. One of the things that we have to, we have to grasp and we have to totally understand is that God is so, he uses his word as, as parameters, he uses his word as boundaries, and he'll never do anything outside of that. That if God said it, he means it, he'll do it, that settles it. And whether you believe it or not, God's word is going to take place, that it is going to, it is going to happen, whatever he said was going to happen. Psalms 119 verse 89 tells us, forever, O Lord, your word 
is settled in heaven. Psalms 138 verse two says, I bow down towards your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word according to all your name. I just don't want you to ever get confused on how important the word of God is. That the word of God and the father, they go hand in hand. And the word is spoken so that there will be change. Numbers 23, 19 tells us, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? These are promises that come from the very mouth of God, the living expression of God. Genesis chapter one and two, we see, and and, uh, Hebrews 11, 13 even reminds us that everything that we see was created by the word of God. Everything everything that that you feel in this world, everything that you're, all all of your senses that they partake of, everything is, is, is a result of what the word of God says. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And again, I'm in the, I'm gonna be in the message Bible. I don't know if you have this, Esther. 1 Corinthians 15. Drop down to verse 45. This is the Message Bible. He says here in verse 45, he says, we follow this sequence in scripture. The first Adam received life. The last Adam is a life-giving spirit. Now, those of you that are wondering, okay, what's the first Adam and what's the last Adam? The first Adam is Adam. Adam that that we see in Genesis, uh, in the book of Genesis. But the last Adam is Jesus because Jesus is a life-giving spirit. Physical life comes first and then spiritual. A firm base shaped the earth Okay, now what what are we talking about? We're talking about the word of God. We're talking how the word of God changes things. We're talking how the word of God formed the worlds that we're walking in, the, the, the places that we live. It says here, a firm base shaped from the earth, a final completion coming out of heaven. The first man was made out of earth and people since then are earthy. But guess what? The second man was made out of heaven. The second man was made out of heaven and people can now be heavenly. Because of the word of God, there's a change that happens to us when we accept it, when we receive it, that we can go from being earthy to now being heavenly. In the same way that we've worked from our earthly origins, let's embrace our heavenly ends. In the same way that we've worked from our earthly origins, let's embrace our heavenly ends ends. God had to use, he had to speak Jesus into existence. And I want to, I want to just read a couple more scriptures here and then we'll, we'll, we'll stop for the, stop for the morning that God is a spirit. The only way that God could, could actually uh, be able to, to, to bring man back to him was to make sure that he, he presented something in the form of man. Because God is a spirit. He had to speak Jesus into existence. And we see this in verse uh, John chapter four, verse 24. He also gave dominion to man over the earth. 
God gave dominion to man over the earth. So he had to work through man. So God is a spirit. He gave dominion to man over the earth and he had to work through man. That's why he had to speak Jesus into existence. Go to Genesis chapter three. Genesis chapter three, and while you're going there, he worked through the prophets of old to speak his word and to prepare the way for a savior for the world. Something that if you think about it here, that it took 4,000 years, it took 4,000 years to create the body of Christ. It took 4,000 years to create the body of Christ. And why do I say that? Well, we believe that Adam's creation was at about, uh, what, 4,000 AD? And so from the time of Adam's creation until the time Jesus was born, not AD, but BC, I'm sorry, from, from 4,000 BC until when Jesus was born, it took 4,000 years. So there was something that was spoken, but it took time for it to manifest. It took time for it to take place. It took time for it to take shape. It took 4,000 years and it took many men and women of God continuing to speak forth what was coming, continuing to speak forth what the word of God had to say. Go to in Genesis chapter three. Genesis chapter three. And we'll be in the New Living Translation. Genesis chapter three, drop down to verse 14. When was it first spoken? When was it first spoken that there would have to be a savior? When was it first, when did God first uh, put, put, it into, put it into motion that a savior was gonna have to come? Well, it happened in the garden. It happened right as, as soon as, as, soon as uh, Adam and Eve fell, they, they chose to, to eat of the fruit. And, and, and the Bible tells us that Adam and Eve heard God walking in the cool of the day and they hid. And, and God calls out to them and he's, he says, where are you guys? What's going on? He knew what was going on, and, but, but he wanted them to, to come and to, to fess up and to say, hey, this is, this is, this is what, what's, what's happened. They go through this. Adam blames it on Eve. Eve blames it on the serpent. God says to the serpent in verse 14, he says, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all animals, domestic and wild. You will crawl on your belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live. And I will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. And he will strike your head and you will strike his heel. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. Isaiah chapter seven, verse 14, also talks about the savior coming forth, that, that, that a savior was, was going to be spoken. And it took, a pro, took, took men and women of old to continue to speak this, that the word had to work throughout time until somebody was truly ready to receive it. See, God's word, we just, we just looked at, that God's word, it, it's, 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 it is a device of change. And if God speaks something, he makes sure that it happens. If God, if God says something, if he instructs something, if he gives you, if he gives you a word or if he gives you a, a message, he's gonna make sure that it comes to pass. But you have to receive it in order for it to come to pass in your life. 
We can stand up, we can, you know, we can stand up and, and tell you what the word of God says. You can, you can get around your friends that, that are believers and y'all can talk about the word of God says, but if you don't receive what the word of God says, it will never change your life. And this isn't just talking about with salvation. This is talking about uh, in areas of healing, of prosperity, of, of providence, of protection, of safety, all these things that God gives to us. Because when we look in Luke chapter one, Luke chapter one, If you drop down, this is the conversation between Mary and the angel. Drop down to verse uh, 37. He says here, the word of God will never fail. The angel, as he's talking, let's go, go, go up to verse 35. He says, the angel replies, because Mary's like, how in the world is this gonna happen? How, how, can, how can I become pregnant? Because I've never known a man. I've never, I've never, I've never been with a, a man. I've, I'm not even married. How, can I, how, could this, how could this happen? And the angel says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you and the baby will be born the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the son of God. Then he goes and he talks about how Elizabeth has, has become pregnant. But then he comes back immediately and he says, the word of God will never fail. Everybody say that with me. The word of God will never fail. The new living, uh, the, the NASB, he says, nothing is impossible with God. The New Living Translation tells us that the word of God will never fail. This is important because Mary needed to hear this so that she could receive the word, so that she could receive the process of her becoming the one that was gonna carry the Christ child. But she had to receive the word. Verse 38 says that Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant, May everything you have said about me come true. And the angel left her. To me, that's what Christmas is about. Yes, we celebrate the birth of Christ. Yes, we celebrate the birth of our Savior. But the Savior has, existence, has existed since the beginning of time. What Christmas is about is somebody that, that took on a word that was spoken, they received it. And this wasn't just a, you know, a, a, a hocus pocus, you know, you're, well, I think, you know, this was, this was the word of God that was spoken in Genesis, that was spoken in Isaiah, that was spoken in many other places in the, in the Old Testament. We see that God's word never fails. But if you receive it, it won't fail in your life. When, I don't wanna say if, because we're all gonna receive the word. When you receive the word of God, it will not fail in your life. That's what you can take. That's what you can give to a world that's looking, looking for hope, looking for, looking for life. She received the word. The Messiah was conceived. The word of God took on human flesh without losing any of his divine nature. 
He just added the human nature. And that made Jesus to be fully God and to be fully man because he was born of the seed of God. He was born of the word of God. He was born of the, the power of God. He was born of, of the, the, the life-giving message of God. He was born of the, what, what was it? The living expression of God. Jesus was, was, was brought into this world. When you have things in your life that you're praying and that you're asking God about, that you're, you know, God, I wanna see you move in a certain way. I wanna see you work in a certain way. You find it in his word, then you have to receive it. You've got to take it, you've got to take it in to your person so that that miracle can happen, so that miracle can give way, so that that life, that life change or that life giving peace of God can happen in your life, amen? Let's all stand. Father, we love you and praise you. And we thank you so much for your word. We thank you, Father God, that your word is truth. We thank you, Father God, that you gave us your word. We know, Father God, that the, that the prophets of old said that you sent your word and you healed us. That Father God, you healed us spiritually, that you healed us physically, you healed us mentally. But Father God, what we have to understand most of all is in, is in John three sixteen that says that you gave, that you gave us your word. That puts it all on us to receive it. That puts it all on us to, to take it in and, to, and to, to work to see the things that you say about us, to see the things that you say about yourself to happen in our life. Father, as this Christmas season continues to move on, we ask you to reveal to us, reveal to us the power of your word. Reveal to us, Father God, what your word can do in our lives if we receive it. Help us to receive it, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. If, you, if you've never, if you've never, uh, I don't wanna say that if you never asked Jesus to come into your heart or, or given him your life or given, given him a, a, an opportunity to make a change in your life. I wanna say this morning is if, is, is if you have gotten away from him, if you've, if you've removed yourself from being a person that receives the word of God because you've allowed the things of this world, the cares of this world to, to, to cloud that up or to, to smoke and mirror, you know, the, just the things that you, you're chasing things and you're not chasing the word. You're not chasing the living expression of God. It is so simple just to get right back in that place. First John 1, 9 tells us that if we confess our sins, that he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And it's, I believe it's important that you do, you take a moment and you say, you know, God, I missed it. You don't have to name every single thing that you missed it on. God, I missed it. I mean, now if there's something that you're like, I need help with this, Lord, I need you to help me, then talk to him about it. But just to be a person that's receiving from God, you need to be always willing to say, God, I missed it. I missed you. I missed your word working in my life. I missed you being able to, to do the things that you desire, do the things... 
understanding that his ways are so much better than our ways. So much better. You know, the, the Jewish people, when, when they were looking forward to, this, to the Savior, they thought he was gonna come in on a horse. They thought he was gonna come in as a, as a victor. They thought he was gonna come in as, 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 as a savior in the physical realm, like that nobody could stop him. And they got so, they got so thrown off because the Bible actually said that he would have been born of a virgin, that he would be, that he would be a, a, a babe. That, that he would be one that would be, be lying in a manger. The word was telling them these things, but they, they couldn't grasp that. They couldn't understand that. That didn't take away the power and the glory that, that Jesus brought. It's just, that's just how God had to do it. That's how God arranged for us to be able to come back into his family. Let's, let's just pray this morning. Father, we just ask you in the name of Jesus to help us. Help us, Father God, to see you more clearly. Help us, Father God, to, to understand, to understand that the word that, that you give, the, the living expression that you give to us, Father God, in the form of your word, in the form of Christ. Help us, Father God, to understand that that is for us, to change us, to change us more into your image, to change us more into a, a, a knowledge of you, Father God. We, we, de we desire that, we want that. And Lord, not, not just so that we can be Change, but Father God, we want to make a change in somebody else's life. We want to take what you've done for us, Lord, and be that living expression of life, of hope, healing. Father, we want to be that for somebody else in this world that is searching all over for hope. We thank you for it. We praise you for it. In Jesus' name, let's sing a song. I'm gonna praise the Lord, oh my soul. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. 